The Spread Show. Oh, I didn't tell you. I got. I had to uh, roll with that wing stop tonight. Oh, I was. What'd you uh, get flavors? I fucked up. It was an accident. So no. remember, because we were talking about how we usually get. You know, we we would get Louisiana rub and Cajun, and I used to get lemon pepper a lot, but I accidentally got Cajun and Louisiana mixed up because I was like, I don't really like Louisiana anymore, and I accidentally got all <laughs> Louisiana. <laughs> So, oh no! Oh no! I mean, it was still fine, but goddamn. That's really weird that you say that. The same thing happened to me with Louisiana. I just go lemon pepper now. It was really good at the beginning, but I don't know. Just got tired of the taste. It's weird. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's weird now. It just does not taste as good. Um, and also, kind of a less lesser occasion, if we're being honest, a gimmicked occasion. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean it, but really, it's just what it gets you in the mood for football because there's nothing else. Even if you don't want wings on Sunday, you still have to get wing stop. Yeah, clanging and banging. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of a uh, lot of draft news, obviously, just a lot of honestly, a lot of BS uh, going on this week. I don't feel like anything besides everyone saying they may or may not trade back. That's all I'm hearing. And if we're being honest, like everything's going back to the way it should have been and the way it was like three weeks ago. Yeah, I agree. Things you know are, I mean? yeah, yeah. All the outlandish stuff is like kind of being sorted out. We can actually talk about the draft now and what might happen. <laughs> Somehow people are also still being signed as free agents, which is, I mean, you know, that's just weird. Uh, we do have yeah. one free agent we have to talk about is Alden Smith. And, uh, oh. <laughs> He he signed with the Seahawks, and immediately so, choked someone out. <laughs> immediately, he, it was so quick. I mean, he got what what a year and a half or two years without an incident at all. And uh, did he wait, did he sign or get traded? Uh, with the Cowboys? Yeah, no, for us oh. for Seattle. Oh, he signed. Okay, so I. <laughs> I don't know. It's too I, bad. I was so excited. I was really excited I, to have him on the team. <laughs> but I hold out a little bit of hope because I'm sure Seattle had the uh, <clears throat> the uh, surveillance or whatever. There's video, so I know Seattle had it. So for them on a one-year flyer, for them not to cut him already, maybe we hold out hope that, you know. this was, He did bad, this technically know. on the same day that he signed the deal, right? Yep. <laughs> no, yeah, one day later. Celebration. Right, immediately got the, the signing bonus and choked someone. <laughs> <laughs> he was like looking, at the bank. just looking at his phone, waiting for that deposit to hit. <laughs> Hell yeah! Boom! <laughs> Get out the line! I'm first at that coffee shop. Oh, no, yeah, God. Ah, oh, whatever. We're just going to leave him alone. Hopefully, nothing actually happened and he plays for the Seahawks. Uh, I mean, but that does bring me to a very important point. Is that something we got to get out into the atmosphere immediately? Um, that kind of relates to Alden, <laughs> to be honest with you. And something we kind of talked about before and alluded to throughout all of our podcasting history. It's a new stat that I think we, uh, you know, if you're asking around the league, could be very important because people are done with like old school stuff. 40 times, 
Like that's not important yeah. anymore. It's all about the GPS Nobody data. Cares. Yeah. So this is an advanced analytics that uh, we created, and it's very hard to quantify. But I think there's a certain few people. It. Yeah, there's a certain few people that can identify it, uh, and that is the dog rating for NFL players. And really, it's it's a rating and a stat that can transcend all sports honestly like you don't have to just be a football player you can you can be a dog in a a lot of different sports in a lot of different ways may have not been the best basketball player yeah he was a definite dog right yeah and the thing dog squad (laughs) (laughs) the memphis dog what do you have that's your identity you're not gonna win any any <laughs> titles true. but no one hey i guarantee you, no one wants to play you at all yep uh yep. so this also transcends race uh i mean position offense defense whatever you want to call it anyone can really be uh you know you get a high rating in this stat but it's, a, it's about a certain we would say a certain mentality yeah and i was gonna say not just being a homer but take, you know, those 2013 Seahawks, for instance. When you bring dog and talent together, oh my God. you have a good shot at winning the Super Bowl. You will win, probably. Honestly. You should. Like, you're going <laughs> – no one wants to play you. And then, yeah, like you said, there has to be some some actual talent mixed in there. Probably some good coaching, too. Like, a little bit of coaching. Because you you got to control – have you ever tried to control a pack of wild dogs? It's impossible. It's very hard. You can't do it. It's very hard. So when you got a coach that can kind of let the dogs loose but rein them in at the same time, uh, you, you really got something got special. You've got a couple dogs you leave off the leash. You yeah. know they might bite someone, but it's not going to be anything crazy. Yep. So let's give some some examples just so people can understand. Uh, I mean, here's what, what would you say is a requirement for, for someone that's uh, going to have a high rating here? A certain amount of toughness. Yeah, and what I mean, what does that mean? That like you're you saying just like they fight through injury you have or to something? Be a little bit. You have to be a little bit crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like you're you're slightly yeah. immune to pain in the moment. You're, like you're looking for a ridiculous amount of contact, play to play. Yeah. So that for football players, yeah, you you were it's it's about physicality, definitely. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So you're you are looking. You you do have to actually seek the contact though. Uh, yeah. that's, that's a very important thing. Like a running back that wants to have that high dog rating, got to You, you got to actually, if you have a breakaway run, you actually have to either slow down or run into somebody on purpose, uh, to yeah, actually we never increase your on to break a 60 yarder. No. And if he did, it's because he was Contact. like running through people. I mean, who did this the other, I mean, Leonard Fournette actually had a little bit of this. I think, uh, and, during and that playoff run. Huh? Yeah. I mean, he, he, on certain plays, like, he was looking for guys and lowering his shoulder and running through them. <laughs> so, <clears throat> that's, uh, physicality's got to be one. I think you said, them, like, they got to be a little bit crazy. Like, you got you yeah. got to be a little, like, man, I don't know. If this guy wasn't playing football, I don't know what he'd be doing. <laughs> like, one of those types yeah, of deals. Like, he might be murdering people. Seriously, yeah. he might murder someone. Um, <laughs> another big one has to be swag. Yeah, that's a huge part of it, and, and it, that can come in. That can come in different ways. It could just be your swagger on the field, as far as mentality. And a lot of times, I like my dogs to have an arm sleeve, a visor, 
you know, some dis- distinguished swag. Jamal wears the armbands. Yeah. It just lets you know. You have to have, yeah, like two to three different, ac- two to five different accessories probably. Um, you know, a visor is really a big one. Like that, that really can simple. add to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I know we're really describing Marshawn a lot here, but like he really, like if he were to have that rating in Madden, it would have been a hundred, you know? Yeah. Um, and we're also someone like a, a more modern dog, you know, someone like Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. That's the, so that's the other you side know. is like defense, like defensively, you should see more of that. Honestly, don't you think? Yeah. For some reason you have to take everything personal, every matchup personal. Yep. And, um, it comes out on the field. I feel like he takes it personal every game. Yeah, and I think if you watch Ramsey, you're not like, God, oh, that guy's a damn dog. Like, he's not doing anything crazy. Like, he's not – he's actually, like, a super, probably smart, super talented football player. But he is dogging someone up and down the field. <laughs> like, that. Yeah. that's happening, actually. Up you and know, down the field. come in one shape, size, or form, you know, there's different, you know, you could take different, different qualities from the dog and make it your own. You know, and there's, and sometimes it doesn't work out, you know, straight up, it just won't work out. There'll be someone that's just like, damn, he's a damn dog, but it's like, you know, maybe physically or something's mentally, he just couldn't stay on the field, something like that. Montez Perfect was a guy that, uh, who in college was the, he was the alpha dog, I think in in the entirety of the the universities. Uh, And he slips, you know, in the draft, but winds up having a pretty long career doing the exact same thing he was doing in college. Um, Yeah, but there's a certain amount of dog that at some point you're hurting the team, (laughs) right? It's detrimental. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's detrimental to the team. Uh, who was I going to say? Um, Nick Fairley, I thought, would have had a very high rating, um, you know, coming out of Auburn. And he just, yeah. and just turned, maybe he didn't have it. I don't know. But just didn't Someone turn out like the right Dominic way. Yeah. Yep. He was bordering on too much dog at times. Yeah. Like, you, when you start getting, when you draw way too many, when you're just kind of a dick, a piece of shit yeah, and you're just hurting team. your team. Hurting yeah. Team. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. There's got to be some offensive linemen out there, you know, that are absolutely. Uh, Trent Williams is a dog. Yeah. And you saw it. He's when a dog. He's... He has a visor. Yeah. He has a visor. And he, when he confronted Richard Sherman after losing and said, I'm going to punch you in your yeah. fucking face. <laughs> and did. Yeah. And punched him in the face. That was uh, a dog versus dog after the game. Do you think, like, and public perception has to be there. Because people are starting to recognize this term. Like, this isn't, like, a new thing completely. We're just kind of putting it into perspective. But if you go on Twitter, yep. I got a question. Yeah. And this is going to be a real real tough one on on the dog meter. Was Richie Incognito a dog? Man, I don't know. I mean, like, more recently, yes. Right, yeah. I don't. He's yeah. kind of he is a mauler, but I don't. He, he has like no swag, right? He had a tattoo like an arm sleeve. Oh, true. I don't know. That one's but like yeah, he doesn't have a very high rating. Like the things that he was doing, he's just kind of crazy. <laughs> like he's actually just kind of a, uh, out something. That's where I was going to. Um. So 
looking on Twitter, if you look on Twitter and you search certain things like dog NFL or NFL <laughs> dog ass, something like that, um, you will see people interacting and talking about these things. Uh, they'll be, they'll say, man, this, this dude's a dog. You got to watch out for him. Uh, and, I, I'm, and hold on though. We got to go back to, it's not just happening on Twitter, but the amount of people spelling it now, D-A-W-G, is astounding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's getting out of control. This is why we have to get ahead of it, because we've been talking about it for yeah. so long. I mean, I, I'm looking at a Twitter account called Patriot's Time Machine that just goes back in Patriot's history. And it's just a, uh, like, a it was, like, from the Patriot's draft. And it says, a dog on the D-line with the sixth pick in the NFL draft, the Patriots select Richard Seymour. I couldn't tell if they were talking about him just being from Georgia or if they were talking about, you know, because he was kind of a dog. If you yeah, will. that's true. That is a, the real interesting one when you talk about these colleges that are dogs. Here's one. Josh Allen, probably the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. He a dog. Ooh. I mean, this guy, he's just putting it out there. It doesn't mean you know, it's right. But, you know. Yeah, he probably has... He probably has most of the traits. Yeah. He just isn't he crazy enough. Like, honestly, if you gave him, what, Baker or maybe even Phil Rivers kind of attitude, would you give him and that? that's what's missing for me. Yeah, it's the attitude. The, the attitude. But he's a quarterback, so I get it. You can only be so much of a dog. Yeah, and some a lot of people are going to come at us with, well, you only pick, you know, this is only black guys, huh? No. Think of someone like, think of George Kittle. Like Kittle's kind yeah. – he, he's – you watch him play. Like, that dude, uh, he's looking for contact. He's breaking contact, and he's got a lot of think, swag. I mean – Think there's someone, you know, uh, I think T.J. Watt has some dog in him. Absolutely. Yep, I agree. Uh, I mean, it's there, there's plenty of – I mean, there's been dogs in history. Mark Gastineau, I think I brought him up. You know, a guy that did a bunch of crazy ass sack dances and really put his team and, and, in a bad position at times. Don't don't get it twisted. You can have all the dog qualities and be a, a, a be a fake. Yeah. Like my perfect uh, fake dog would be Cassius Marsh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Had all dog qualities, but didn't quite have the talent to match it. No. Which is a, which is a problem. Yeah, which that's a big problem. I mean, at that point, you know, people are just gonna get tired of you. Because you can't, you can't just go around, you know, acting like that. Dogging people out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, who is this? Uh, what? I can't tell. I can't tell who this person is talking about. Because they responded to a tweet by Plies. Oh, no. And then, I think they're talking about Jerry and Grant. Someone said at five foot six, he was a dog in high school, college, and still is in the NFL. Uh, and then he just said, I like all capitals, dogs. <laughs> See? Who said this? Uh, this is some guy named Emmett Jones. He's a, wait, Kansas football interim head coach. What? Yeah. That's what his Twitter that thinks. Again? Kansas football interim head coach. And he likes all dogs? <laughs> yes. He li- I like. See, now, th- is this going to be a thing? Like, our college programs are like, know. look, we can't. Because this was something you would do in NCAA 14. 
you would yep. go, you know, I might dollars. not have the best team, but I want the most ignorant, athletic dogs I can find. <laughs> like, yep. it always worked out. That setting. There's that setting to, like, proximity or, you know, however yeah. you want to recruit, and I just go straight to dog. Give me there the you top go. 10. Yeah. A lot so, of one- and two-star guys, but hey. And then, uh, you know, there's – there's we even think about finesse positions, too, like wide receiver. A lot of people are going to say, oh, this stat doesn't apply. No, no. You can, you can definitely have someone out there that, that would, you know, max out the potential there. I had someone, uh, someone on Twitter I looked at. They were talking about uh, AJ uh, is it AJ Brown, or, yeah AJ Brown yeah. with the Titans, and they said he's a wideout with a dog mentality. <laughs> like... You know, you know, you know who actually exemplifies this the most, and it hurts me to say because he's our rival. Debo Samuel is the absolute dog. He I might think. be the biggest at that position right now, right? Yeah, he's he's really a dog. He's yeah, like he's he's someone you don't want to deal with all game. Like, I mean, maybe like three or four snaps, but all game, you were getting dogged completely out for the whole game. And I know his his talent might, you know, even be better than his dog rating. I, I like uh, Hopkins in Arizona. I think he's a dog. He is, because you, you saw what he did to, uh, to what's his name in Washington? Deontay Hall? Hall? No, right. uh... Yeah, wait. D'Angelo Hall. D'Angelo, yeah. You saw what he did to D'Angelo. Dog his ass out. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, out of the league. <laughs> um, but I also look for stuff like a wide receiver. Like, if you can get involved in that run game by just blocking people. Like, you've seen DK oh, finish yeah. off a block after the whistle. That's a big part of yep. it for me. You know, it's guys that, that are blocking downfield and throwing people on the ground. <laughs> Definitely after the whistle, which should be a penalty. But sometimes the refs have that respect for a, for a real, real dog. They won't throw the flag. They'll just tell them to stop doing it. I mean, so, yeah, we basically went through, and you can be a dog at any position, man. Yeah. It, it really is possible. What, what positions really do you feel like you. have, like, the advantage, though? Like, I feel like running back, you can really max out doing a few simple things. Middle linebacker, maybe? Or any, I mean, yeah, probably middle linebacker. You're just running up in the hole, <laughs> like I don't know. You know, someone like Bill Romanowski back in the day was the oh uh, my god, doll, yeah, doll, yeah. Um, so this is something we got to start identifying for the draft. Like we have to have guys that we know are, you know, like maybe they don't have the the full talent. And this is really yep. what what I would say if you're a GM and you're looking, you got a couple picks in the fourth, fifth round. That's all I'm looking for. I'm not looking for like this guy, yeah. like oh he can, you know he can catch with both hands. You can, like, I don't care. Like find the guy that's gonna, like he's gonna go out and lay somebody and, out. And once again, I'll speak. I only speak to Seattle because obviously I follow them closely. Just for instance, Bram, someone like Chris Carson who was hurt for most of his career at Oklahoma State, but what do you have? A dog mentality. Oh my God! What happened? Yeah, I mean once again, it's just straight physicality at that point. That's uh, and, and these and these scouts and coaches got to understand some of this dogness comes from this late round draft pick. They add an extra dog trait. You know yeah, I mean? they were already a dog in college, and you dogged them in the draft. Oh yeah, and so now they're pissed off even more. Yeah, and these are the same guys that are going to be starting fights in training camp, knowing not not even thinking that their job is on the line. <laughs> like you yeah. might get cut, and you're already. You're out here fighting with like the star receiver on the team. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that will get you a star, a dog rating immediately. If you're that <laughs> That's so. I really hope people understand what we're looking for, and but it is very, very important in the draft. I don't think you should be looking for like these hidden, super talented gems in like the fourth, fifth, and sixth round. You could just literally stack your team with these guys that are just, you know, we, I mean, maybe only two of them make the roster. But these guys that are, you know, a little unstable, a little, uh, maybe they drop because of some issues. I mean, Frank Clark. Think of Frank Clark. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Dog. Yeah. So. Graham, remember, and once again, I'm sorry for all the Seahawk references, but they've had a decent amount of dogs. Yeah. Remember that story when Brandon Browner came out of this CFL and fucked T.O. up in practice? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you remember yes. that. There was just that story of him basically beating T.O.'s ass in practice. Yeah. Being yeah. a nobody. Like, that dude was a, a certified dog. That was the only reason he played. Exactly. He got penalties. No, he, he, he was on the field to dog someone out. And I mean that <laughs> in the most lit. Like, he was just dogging people out for penalties, and Pete didn't care. No. Nope. People were scared. And the refs stopped calling because, like, well, he's just going to do that every day. What are we going to do? Throw the flag 55 times? <laughs> like, you can't. And you know, those refs get together. Well, damn, Jim, he's dogging him every play. I can't call it. <laughs> you, you just can't call it every play. You can't. So when you get a guy like that, like, that guy's a special breed. And like I said, I mean, once he's out of football, you see what happened. He's, he went straight to jail. Like, oh, he's, yeah, I forgot about that. he's, uh, he's not, <laughs> like, you have to contain these people on the field somehow. Like, there's, some of these so, guys go a little too far. So if we spin this forward, and I don't know if you've looked at, you know, got your dogs together yet, is there any people you feel like can come out of this first round? with that much talent that also have a dog trade? Because, you know, the first round, sometimes it's hard to find that guy, like, like we talked about. Yeah. Because they're so refined and, and have, have had such skills since a young age, most of them. Yeah, so for me, it's Micah Parsons is my, like, he's not, when I look through the draft, he's not going to be my number one guy. But, like, for the first round and the guys that are being considered, I'm going to put him, I mean, he's 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 got some stuff going on, clearly, if you look at his backgrounds, like, uh, some of the stuff he was doing, uh, even with the other dude from last year, Gross Mattis, right? Um, yeah. I mean, this guy, he he's he, – he I know they, a lot of people say shades of Jalen Smith, and I'm getting shades of Vontez. <laughs> like, I'm getting and shades I want to of... let people know, because I've heard it with him in particular, when these old heads at ESPN, whether it be, you know, Kuiper or McShay, when they say high motor, a lot of times they mean a lot of a dog. Like, yeah. He's a dog. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what they're saying for the most part. It takes some more, but that's what they want to say. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, like, he's super athletic. I feel like he's a very, very athletic player. Uh, but I don't I don't know. I think one of the knocks on him is just, like, he, he doesn't play very disciplined. And that only increases your dog rating, I, I believe. Oh, yeah. If he, oh, he has. That's, a, that's amazing. <laughs> So, like, this guy, he's going to be very aggressive. You know, he's he'll just, like, straight up shoot a gap that he doesn't need to. He won't make the play, yep. but he won't care because he'll blow someone up. And the, and the fans never quite get mad when you show that level of dog. You know what no, I mean? They'll, because they'll, the, next, with your flaws. the next play, like, he'll probably, you know, he'll make a good play. And then the play after that, 
you know, quarterbacks dropping back, getting rid of the ball, and he is blowing the quarterback up five seconds after the ball's out and doing a celebration while they throw the flag. <laughs> and Brand, don't don't downplay the a real. If you want to see a real dog, ninety percent of defensive ends. If you're a dog, when you get a roughing the passer call, that's very obvious. You'll you'll throw your hands up. You can't believe it. Oh, no. And you've literally just hit the quarterback five to seven <laughs> seconds late. Yeah, it's not like and, the... Uh... And the home crowd will boo with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not like, what was it? Wasn't it Clay Matthews the other year where it was like every time he hit the quarterback, they were throwing a flag? He, he wasn't like, <laughs> yeah. he was just getting banged out. It wasn't, that wasn't a dog move. The refs were just screwing up that call. But, you know, someone like Indomitian and Sue, like people like that, they're just going for the quarterback. They're laying someone out, and they don't understand why they're getting called for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so who do you have? What were some – I mean, I know you have uh, one of the corners, right? You have a pretty high rating. Sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. I don't mean – I'm not trying to say, oh, I had him, blah, blah, blah. But I, he's been on my dog rating now for a while, and that had turned him into my favorite corner. But now he's actually getting respect for being a talented player. Who is it? So, and when you can mi- mix those two together, got a good player. Who, who's the corner? J.C. Horn. Okay. South Carolina. So, yeah, you've been talking about him for a while, and I think you were only talking about his dog rating uh, at one point. Like, yeah. in, in initially. And now people have just really – you know, honed in uh, on him as just like I, a talent. I had only known him for being a physical cornerback. I liked the way he played. And then, you know, his 40 time and all that athleticism and all that stuff came out. And uh, I don't know. People, I guess, went back and checked his tape. And now he might be the first corner. You never know. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, if you if you check the Twitter search, like, uh, he's, you know, he's got the rep a little bit. I mean, you got, yep. you got someone that got to love the mentality, J.C. Horn. Dude is an absolute <laughs> dog. It's really, honestly, you're going to see that word with, with you're going to see dog and mentality tied together a lot. Seriously. Like, those are yeah. two, uh, two things that have to go together. And then, you know, while I was searching for it, there's one man that changed his whole Twitter name to J.C. Horn no matter what. And he said, I'm oh, taking that yeah. hard dog, J.C. Horn. <laughs> was that Richard? <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of Cowboys fans very, very excited, hoping to get J.C. Now, hold on. I was searching J.C. Horn dog, and then I just saw J.C. Horn actually tweeted this. He said, riding with my dog, even if he dead wrong. <laughs> yep. I, so I mean, I'm sold. What else do you want? I'm absolutely. <laughs> absolutely His friend could have came out of Bank of America <laughs> with a bag of money and robbed him. And Casey Horn's willing to throw his career away, right <laughs> or wrong. I mean, uh, <laughs> he's he, he. So that's that's. I mean, that's basically him saying, you know, if my guy gets that crazy penalty that costs us the Super Bowl, I'm still riding with him because he's dogging you know, up. I'm matching it. Next play. <laughs> JC Horn, a dog. He def fits in the Philly market. I mean, there's, there's, you were, you were spot on with this guy. So I'm, I'm really excited. I think, uh, we should actually look. What are his odds here to be the first corner picked? That, or, uh, plus 300. Do you think he could be the first corner picked? Well, and, and my thing is, I think he can be the first corner picked. Yeah. And I also will say, if you're willing to put in that bet, 
you might as well put him in at first defensive player at plus 800 because he's probably going to go to the Cowboys then, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I would I would yeah I would I definitely look at that because no one's trading up for any defensive players at this point, right? I couldn't see it, man. Unless it's, unless it's your guy. Uh, I don't think. I mean, no. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it. I just don't say. I like. I would see Micah Parsons sliding, if anything, right? Really? Yeah, I really feel like he would slide. And where are you thinking the Cowboys are at? Seven, just staying there, and no Patriots trade. Aren't the Cowboys at t- ten? Oh, are they? Let's yeah, see I think they're at ten. You're right. Yeah, they are at ten. Um, okay. I mean, I guess Denver. But, uh, Denver's there too. I don't know. And you know. Detroit, right? Detroit could take Parsons. That's the one I was really worried about. I really feel like <laughs> I feel like that Cam- Campbell may really want a dog in his locker room to set the tone. What like, do you mean, May? This man is a dog <laughs> coach. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Wait, that's a good question, actually. Have we thought of that? Um, like Mike Singletary was one. Ah, I mean, Didn't work out. Come on. Mike, Mike, uh, did... did uh, I, I guess, yeah, they... Can't do it. They did. <laughs> Mike in that draft room. I want winners. <laughs> I can't think of. Uh, All right. <laughs> anybody. I'm thinking there was like a D coordinator that we really liked that. I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that one out eventually. But yeah. Micah Parsons. A lot of people have mocked to Denver. Um, I really feel like these corners are just better. And I mean obviously Detroit's not gonna need a corner, or they shouldn't. They could. They could go out and get another corner. That'd be interesting. But I see Way's them. Gone. Well he was gone last year. Was he? Yeah. Man, they, I didn't see him at Philly at all. They had yeah, they had uh they had Marcus or yeah, no, Desmond. Is Trufant? Desmond Trufant? Yeah. Trufant yeah, who's now with the Bears, so it's like I don't know. Uh, but that would be kind of interesting to get two of these top corners. Um, but other than that, do you see any other? I like that bet though. I like the bet that you laid down. Do you see any other guys in the first round that you could identify that might be dogs? I mean, I just don't give these these out for fun. You know, I would yeah. love to say uh, I see a lot more. I see Pinay Suel has potential. Yeah, I think to be a dog. You didn't think that with uh, Rayshon Slater? I, did I? No, or do you? Do you see that at all with him? Because he's more technique-based, right? Yeah, I just don't see that. Yeah, he's not running Personally. through people. It could change. Um. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. And that's the thing. I think if you if you are, if you really got that dog rating, like, you're kind of fighting from underneath. Like these guys can rely on their skill. <laughs> they don't have to rely on like all this extra stuff. Like you said, like a Tony Allen in the NBA, like he didn't have a ton of skills. Uh, his yep. main skill was being a dog. <laughs> like I got a question for you. Yeah. Well, I got two. Jamar Chase. Um, dog. No. I honestly no because he would have played if he was. I, in my opinion. He would played Ooh, last okay. year if he was. 
he would have been completely like ignorant it. about the whole situation and, and played football for no reason. Even after proving okay. himself and being a top 10 pick. <laughs> You're right. I, I totally agree. My next question. Travis Etienne, Najee Harris. Um, I don't think I can give that. I don't know. Do you consider. Najee's missing one thing, right? I don't know what it is. It just yeah. feels like he's one thing away. It's got to be like an. Like a. He's got to do something in an interview. Like he seems too nice of a guy sometimes. Exactly. I seen the Hey Rookie gimmick on ESPN just seemed like too nice of a guy, unfortunately. Yeah, and he drove like, you know, that super long way to go to Mac Jones Pro Day and stuff. Like, that's way too nice. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. You know, running back, like, you either have or you don't, right? Like, Thomas Rawls that's had that's it. That's <laughs> the clearest thing coming out of college is a running back with, with dog or, or yeah. not having it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many of those running backs exist in the NFL right now. Can you think? Like, and were any of those Alabama NF or you know Alabama running backs? I guess you know Derrick Henry probably. I think Mark Ingram, if he's still playing somewhere, has has dogs. He did him. develop that. Yeah, he did develop that in yeah. Baltimore for sure. It, at first, it was kind of you know whatever, but he developed it and obviously uh, did that crazy press conference shit, and I was like. A lot better. <laughs> um, damn. Is Carson the biggest dog in the, in the league at running back? I, I have to be wrong. I think so. Just like from a physicality standpoint, like he's extremely physical. And he has like the note or wait, what does he have? Does he have a nose ring? Or is that DK only? I think that might be both of them. I think both of them do. And he has the visor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Damn, like he's showing the qualities. He, dude, he, really he is. If yeah. you just look, it, it'll say, it'll tell itself. Well, yeah. All you have, all you have to do, it takes like two plays to tell if someone has yeah. it. Honestly, and he's like, he's getting the ball and he's going to run into somebody. It doesn't matter where he's at or how open he is. Someone's getting run over. Um, and so unfortunately, maybe, it shortens his career. But you know, a, a dog's gonna be a dog. You know who was early on? Frank Gore and San Fran. Like Ooh, <laughs> they were running that man into a, a wall. This man was running I formation every play up the middle. Thirty carries. You know, who, you know who else was a dog? Same division back in the day. Stephen Jackson was a dog. Absolutely. Oh my God, Stephen Jackson, and like. Wow. I mean, and we all know the old adage about the Rams. The Rams are not very good. <laughs> but <laughs> Steven Jackson, man. And you, know, and, you know, sometimes just for, you know, the listeners, we just like to reminisce about you know, old school dogs. Well, I mean, because the game's changed. And even, you know, back then, people are going to say, oh, back then you're just going to give it to more people because, you know, the game was more physical. There's less finesse. Not necessarily. Like, it's still you still had to have yeah. that mentality. Uh, I mean, Ed Reed yeah. had a lot in him. God damn, Ed Reed. Yeah. I mean. And back then, you know, even if there were more, that just meant you had to up it. Did we? more of a dog. Yeah, and did we start a dog hall of fame? I oh, feel like we talked about this last boy. summer. And I think there was we, one we man. That going. I think there was one man that we put in, like, light years ahead of people. Do you remember I who it was? I you're right. I do. I know who it is, and I, you're going to be mad. I mean, I'm talking a guy that is laying his body on the line for no reason every single play. <laughs> Completely <laughs> ignorant. No, defense. I mean, and it, it bared out on his career. 
Like this is. <laughs> it wasn't Ray Lewis, right? No, no, no. Not even he didn't play long enough to oh, get this. Oh Lord, have mercy! I know easily. <laughs> he, it was Bob Sanders. Was Bob Sanders. <laughs> yes, Bob Sanders. I mean, <laughs> you 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 look at what it takes to be a dog, and he checked every box two times over. Mental <laughs> lapses on defense, getting injured from hitting people too hard. He had a visor. <laughs> I don't know. I, the dude was disgusting. The, disgusting. One of the first pictures of Bob Sanders that comes up, I'm pretty sure, is him in the training room. But Bob Sanders, dude, he had the dreads. I feel like Bob Sanders had dreads before everyone else. Brant, why why is it in our heads, right? We have Bob Sanders as a, uh, the first Hall of Famer in the Dog Hall of Fame. Yeah. I don't – I can't pinpoint what is missing or what is different between him and Cam Chancellor. Uh, I think of the fact that <laughs> – that's a good question. I feel like Cam His played time. more, right? Yeah, like Bob didn't really have – like Bob – was Bob Sanders that intimidating? Bob and, Sanders was goddamn five foot eight. <laughs> like he's five legit, dude. Eight, he was really five was. eight. <laughs> like he didn't look like he was going to kill was, you. No, he didn't. And tell me if this this makes sense. Maybe the difference was it seemed like Bob Sanders was on a strong safety blitz eighty three percent. He was running into the line of the scrimmage every play. It seemed like. Dude, he won the defensive player of the year in two thousand and seven. I'm pretty sure he was out of the league. Like. Almost like four years later. Tackles that year. <laughs> yeah, no, let's hold on. He had he had ninety-six Over tackles under. in fifteen oh, games. Okay. Ninety-six. <laughs> um I I mean, I don't even know why they gave him like I don't know what he did to deserve the defensive player of the year. He was just basically like everyone was just scared of playing them because they had Bob Sanders. Uh and and, and another way to get into the Dog Hall of Fame or, or one sure shot kind of thing to look at is, is this man playing? And as he's playing, can you tell he has so much dog in him? It's it's no doubt cutting his career short. Oh, and yeah. The way he plays <laughs> cutting his career short. Yes. It, it's so, it was very – dude, he got, a, he got a contract in 2007 <laughs> – Five years, thirty-seven million to make him the highest-paid safety in the history of the NFL. Man, I feel so bad for Bob. Uh, basically, I mean, after that season, he was just done. Like <laughs> he dogged out for that whole. And honestly, like here's here's how his career bared out. So year one, six games. Year two, fourteen. Year three, four games. Year uh, what is this? Four. He played 15 games, one defensive player of the year, and then after that, never played more than six games for the next, and then retired four years later. And and to, to that point, Bran, a true dog, there's a feeling of, of, like, helplessness or, like, just, if that one dog is out, like someone like Bob Sanders, you feel like you have no shot and your yeah. whole defense is deflated. It changes everything. Like, it really does. It, it changes so much when one of those guys goes out. Like, but you know that they can't again, be there for more, most of the time. Like, it's not possible. Yeah. And once again, I'm going to go back to Seattle. But it, this is just this last season. Remember how we felt when Jamal was hurt? Yeah. Yep. Helpless. 
Yeah, it changes everything. It's like, okay, no one's making any plays. Like, no one's bringing anything extra. And you're not gassing up any of the other players. No. Yeah, it sucks. It really sucks. Like, that dog effect it has on on everyone else. (laughs) Like, it boosts everyone else up. Yeah, Bob Sanders, man. If you want, you know, if you want some footage, go back and look at Bob and what he was doing. Uh, So what we have to do, we got to start identifying some guys probably in the later rounds that are just going to make an impact. They don't even have to be good, but we're going to give you the yeah. rating. Like, the rating's going to be there. So, uh, I don't know. I just I haven't seen anything, especially offensively. Like, this is a very finesse group of offensive players at the top. Um, it really is. And uh, and most of the quarterbacks are pretty humble, you know. Don't yeah. Have much dog in them, which is okay. You don't necessarily need it in your quarterback. Yeah, I'd stay away from that, honestly. <laughs> uh, but it, don't you find it weird? Like, look at some of the best players in the NFL. Like, they all have some of it. It doesn't matter. Like, even guys like, look at A.J. Brown and D.K., you know? Yep. I mean, those guys, you want those guys on your team. And when it comes down to the playoffs, like, you need these, like, bigger, tougher uh, dog guys. Look at that defense from Tampa and what they were doing. Good yeah. Lord. I mean, you know, Vita Vea is even a dog. He oh, not he is. Much. That dude's dude, a dog. Yeah, Pierre absolutely. Paul, a dog. Yep. Uh, Sue was obviously out there. Devin uh, White, you know, like another guy that's going to dog you. Levante David. Oh, my God, Levante. And Levante is a professional, but, like, he still got it in him. Absolutely. Yeah. And it could be just because he was around so many. Sometimes it rubs off, and you can hold on to that. Well, yeah, sometimes you just realize what you need to win. I mean, if you come out here with that all that finesse, like it's just not going to work. You're going to get pushed around. I mean, I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it time and time again. Um, so I don't know. I, I I really hope that we can identify some more of these guys as we go forward into the uh, into the draft. Anything else on that rating? I mean, do, I feel like we covered no. it pretty well. People probably understand because this isn't something that you'd like. You wouldn't know if you watch football consistently. You know, like what this is. You just probably don't have a word for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, and I would say it's just going to be fun to see how these things, you know, bear out or pan out over the years. I want to make sure we keep track of these dogs throughout the year and just see how where they end up. Yep, that's a and the, great and the, idea. My last thing on a dog brand, nine times out of ten, you know how they say there's these tweeners or this guy, if he gets in the right system, nine times out of ten, a dog is going to work regardless of where he goes. Yep, Absolutely. It just, it's because of this, it's the same mentality. And he might not even ask him to do that, but he's going to do the same thing. <laughs> you, just have to, you just have to accept it. So, yeah, no, you're, you were completely right. Uh, I just pulled up some more odds. So, the first defensive player picked in the draft, I'm seeing JC Horn at plus 350 right now. Is that first quarter? No, first defensive player taken. Um,. And this is just on a couple different betting sites. So I don't know what's happened in the last few hours here. Uh, but on a few really? a f- yeah, on a few different I sites right now. I have Certain at plus 100, Parsons at plus 220, Pay at uh, plus 550, and Horn at plus 800. But maybe the odds have changed. No, I mean, it's yesterday. yeah, they there's there's definitely been some movement. But I'm looking, uh, there's three sites, and they're all pretty much the same. They all have Horn uh, third right now. Um but yeah, certain, huh. certain one, Parsons second, and then Horn. So I don't know, maybe we missed something or some news came out or something. 
let's look. I mean, we've been talking about the quarterbacks forever, but it's just alternating between Mac Jones and Justin Fields. And then, of course, we had the Niners go out and get very involved with Trey Lance's uh, pro day. Did you see anything from that pro day? Um, no, not really. I mean, it looked like everyone else's. He threw the heat ball. It looked good. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really even see a whole lot going on about him. So, uh, okay. And then we've got the the teams individually. I don't know if there's any crazy good odds on any of these. Like you can pick, hey, is Arizona going to go offense or defense first? We did see some news about Arizona possibly moving up to take a receiver. <laughs> if you want to go, you could go Arizona offense plus 170 right now. Ooh. Which is really interesting. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's odd. And then, I mean, there's, there, yeah, there's just not a lot uh, as far as those. You'd, you'd really have to go through each one individually. First corner taken, though, uh, we do have Satan at minus 300. And then Horn at plus 200. Then Caleb Farley at plus 1400. So that's been adjusted as you well. you like anyone there? Uh, I like Horn at plus 200. I just I don't I feel like a yeah, team could well. really talk themselves into it, and you know pull that move early on in the I mean for for corners yeah why wouldn't you just take a take a flyer first D lineman to be picked in the twenty twenty one draft who do you got there? Um, are you showing pay as minus one eighty or the favorite? Yep, yeah, minus one ninety. Um, I, I'm just shocked at how crappy the D line prospects are. I feel like this started last year, and a lot of those it did, those guys didn't really pan out, right? Like most of those guys are just kind of yeah. Eh, besides Derek Brown, who was pretty solid, but it's like how much can you do if you're Derek Brown to save the Panthers? <laughs> so I just there's no excitement around D linemen this year. Do you like any of the other guys? I like, yeah, I, I like I said earlier, I like Rousseau. I don't know if I love his odds to be the first dra- uh, lineman drafted, but hey, it's plus eight hundred. I'd take a flyer. Yep, and on these sites, he's around. He's anywhere from like plus nine hundred to plus eleven hundred. So, yeah, I, I just unfortunately, it's just not an exciting position. Uh, exciting position. Though, I do like the linebackers. I like Micah Parsons. I like uh, Jeremiah Wusu. Um, but yeah, Parsons got to be the first linebacker pick, right? Unless if you want to bet something crazy and be like, he, some story's gonna come out on him like in a week before, then maybe that's your best bet. Yeah, or, you know, a more simple explanation could be, you know, some teams holding it in and likes uh, Owosu's ability to just be a linebacker, be a safety, and they think he could be, you know, uh, the missing hybrid piece, I guess. Yeah, just a weapon. Yep, I agree. First offensive lineman to be picked. So this was kind of weird a couple weeks ago. Remember, we were like, what the hell is going on with this? Because Sewell was supposed to be the first pick in the draft or second. Uh, but it's corrected. I'm getting him basically around minus 500 with Slater plus 300. Do you think teams are still considering Slater that high, or did they just start talking themselves into him? I think that was all fabricated. I, I don't think there's any chance Slater goes ahead of him. That's just me. Here's something I was going to throw out at you, and I thought this would be more of a NBA deal because some of these teams have so many first-round picks. Like if you're the Thunder this year, why are you not trading like the bulk of your picks to get, you know, to try to pick up uh, a top pick? No, yeah, no, to not just get a top pick, but get, to get two. Like, hey, we're gonna get Cade Cunningham, yeah. and we're gonna get you know Kaminga. 
Like, why would you not try that? Like, hey, you're going to we'll give you four first-round picks, and you're going to get four first-round picks. And just try to get two guys. So if you're like the Bengals right now, you already have Burrow. You have T. Higgins. Uh, why not try to get like Slater and Sewell? Or try to get, you know, uh, Sewell and Chase. Like, isn't that an option? Like, if you trade down to go get a quarterback, which they didn't have to do, right? They just got him naturally. Just use those picks to move up and get, like, hey, we think Sewell's going to be a 10-year pro, or we think that Chase is going to be a a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Why are you not just doing that? Is that so crazy? are you saying use next year's first-rounder? Yeah. Like, or just be like, here, I don't know how far in advance you can go, but, like, here, here's, like, two firsts and a second. We're moving. We'd like, we'd like to move up to this spot. Is that a bad idea? Because we talked about our first-round pick strategy like last week, and it's not anything crazy. But you're telling me if you leave this draft with Sewell and Jamar Chase, you're not like significantly better? Um, I guess what I would say is it, it just depends on how much you like the guy you're trading for. If you yeah. think Chase is a generational talent, I get it. But just understand that you're going to still be the Bengals next year, probably in a, in a tough division, and you're going to be the worst team, and you're probably going to be back in the top 10. So if you're comfortable and you see next year and you don't think there's anyone who's near Chase, yeah, I 100% am with you. So, and what if they are, you know, once again, next year, they're back in the draft and they bring in another rookie, right? So now you're on, what, year three of Burrow, you're bringing in a guy that's supposed to help him. But he's going to be a rookie, so he's going to need two years as well. So now, you know, you have Burrow on his time schedule. Then you have the guy from this year who maybe it's Sewell. So give Sewell maybe a year to kind of get adjusted. And then you're getting another guy probably the next year. And it's like, when do we, like, get on the timetable to start winning? Because I feel like if you get these guys right now, you have next year, you should probably be pretty damn good. Like not like maybe not pretty damn good. You should probably be at least eight and eight. If you have Joe Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Sewell, and whatever else you know they wind up getting, I. So, I, I don't. You just have to ask yourself some tough questions. If you think eight and eight is the worst team in the AFC uh, North, then I I don't know. It, it's going to be tough. I we don't. End up, I get what but, you're and we also have to we have to assume that like. Someone's going to get, like, I don't know that two years from now those teams are going to be that good. We, we just don't know. So, I yeah, I agree. You have to know, you have to be pretty damn sure of what you're getting. But it sounds like Sewell has been a for sure for a long time to me. Yeah, I like, agree. Like, he's been, it's not like he's, like, some guy that slipped in. He's not Mac Jones, who the Niners did make that trade for. <laughs> so... If teams are willing to trade up for a Mac Jones, how are you not willing to leverage your future also for some for a position that may not be as important, which kind of takes the you know takes the sting off of if it if it does turn out to burn you, but you know you're getting something a little more sure. Like you can you can probably work Sewell into being a a good lineman at some point. He doesn't have to play left tackle, uh, but yeah, you know if Mac Jones sucks, he just sucks. You're done. <laughs> so I I don't know. I'd like to see a team try that. Just like we're gonna move up, we're getting two of the best players in this draft, and we're gonna pair them with a you know our young core and we're gonna have a really good young core over the next three years before everyone gets their extensions and we'll see what happens. 
but who and knows? I guess, and I guess I'd say the, the other problem with that, though, is, Brian, you know, so say who's a team that you don't think is interested in winning next year? Detroit, right? Yeah. So if, if Detroit's like, we'll give you pick, what are they, seven, six? Uh, seven, I believe. Let me pull it up. Okay, so you're going to give up pick seven, right? Yep. And you're not going to win this year? Definitely not, are Detroit. You, <laughs> are are you willing to give up that seventh pick and, and have to, you know, be kind of nervous that the Bengals don't take the leap with those two guys? Right. Yeah. No, you, yeah. If you're, if you are accepting those assets, you're basically saying we're just collecting assets at this point. That's for sure. Yeah. You're just at that point. Yeah, you're just like, hopefully it's we just that either getting the seventh pick in your room or holding out that the Bengals are bad next year and, and it's going to be that valuable of a pick in a, in a draft where there are that many valuable guys. And I haven't looked ahead, obviously, so I don't know. Those are all just questions you'd, you'd have to ask. I and think I if I'm the Bengals at that point, I'm like, look, that. we're probably going to suck, so we're going to have a top you know, 10 pick next year. If the Bengals wind up winning eight or nine games, then maybe we get a 20th pick in the first round. Is that the worst thing? Like we know, the later round, the later guys are a lot of the times better, and the smart teams are trading away those picks, right, to get second yeah. and thirds. So if I'm a GM, I'm probably honestly like, especially if I'm the Lions, I'm like we're paying out. We have we've got golf for whatever time. Uh, we could pick up, you know, maybe they could pick up Justin Fields. I guess this year that could be an option. Yeah. Uh, or Trey Lance. And, and, I, and I guess we're. I'm kind of. It, what I'm saying doesn't totally make sense because it's not going to be a one for a one. They might have to give up a one this year, the Bengals, or the one next year, along with the two this year or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But so, yeah, you'd be getting so a lot of assets. But what you're saying is like, what you're saying is exactly what these GMs are saying. Like, I'm not trading the number one, the number seven pick right now. Like, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> we can't do it because what if the Bengals, like, they don't have time. Uh, GMs don't have time to make these trades and just build, right? They're just like, we have to start winning or I'm going to get fired. <laughs> so and it's that's like, the other thing. When you brought the NBA into it, it's much easier in the NBA. Yeah. You get more time when you're, you know, a known loser. Like, oh, okay, we're just going to tank and get tons of picks next year. Yeah. And for these guys, it's like, uh, yeah, I might just get fired this year. Yeah. That south and your I owner would have to sign off on it. And maybe they would, like, yeah. for a new regime like the Lions, where they're like, hey, you guys get – they're telling the Lions staff they get six years. Like, that's the number that's being thrown around right now. So maybe, you know, you consider that. But uh, – and also, can you know, hey, is the next draft going to be as good as this one? Who knows? But, but but also, Brand, to your point, you know, regardless of ownership, at some point you have to be honest with yourself. Where is your window if you're Detroit? It's not yeah. this year. It's not next year. It's not the year after that. It's not the year after. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to be honest with yourself, and you can't just say, oh, we would have had this one player, and maybe we could have won a couple. You're not going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, what are you doing with this pick this year? Like, it's just, I mean, they're probably, they could trade it. They could, you know, they could make a deal with the Patriots. Uh, but you know, at that, I, like I said, if I'm the Bengals, I have Joe Burrow and I, if I have a chance to get both the guys that I like, who we know they're probably yeah. waffling between those guys, maybe even Pitts, then I'm, uh, I'm making that move. I'm sorry. Like, and, and you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm actually going to start to side with you. Cause it's like, why do I want a player to help my team this year? Don't yeah. you, don't I want to top the top pick in the draft so I can get the quarterback? 
Yeah, exactly. You want you want the quarterback. Like you want the top quarterback. Yeah, like all these other yeah. guys are fine, but your your timeline and like you can't really start your rebuild until you have that quarterback. And then after that, whatever, get rid of everything. You know, but uh yeah, no, I agree. It's so I, I would love to see that. Someone needs to do that. It's just like look, I'm we're taking two guys in like the top ten. We're gonna move up not to take a quarterback, but to take someone that we think is I, I really do. If you think Pitts is what he's supposed to be and what everyone's talking about. If you think Pitts and Chase are that good, then you need to be someone needs to be trading for them. Like if someone was like, hey, you can have rookie Julio Jones and you get him for the next ten years, you're trading two yeah. you're trading two first. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you're not like, yeah. oh maybe I'll just hit on this this D end. No, it's not you're you're trading for uh chase and the good thing about it this year dude is like everyone's picking these cre- these quarterbacks at the top of the draft they don't care about this other shit till like pick seven <laughs> yeah and I, and I get it though too you know it's it's this 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 what we're saying is for a select few teams whether yep. it be you know who are the bad teams whether it be Detroit or someone if the Jets were in that position right if Jacksonville was in that position I just I get there are too many solid to good teams and these teams are saying oh you're moving up from essentially if you're a playoff team 25 or so right to to six oh you're gonna have to give us you know two three one you know so i get it's not it doesn't work that yeah. way and there's teams that just luck into it like the like the dolphins <laughs> the dolphins yeah. will they uh they'll just go and luck into it and be ready to go now uh the you know, team, other teams that are contending, like you were saying, if you're contending, it's not a good move, probably. Like, you don't want to move up and get a rookie. Like, that's just not probably not going to help you right away. But uh, they go for the Jamal Adams trade, right? So that's 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 the same thing. It's just picking a proven commodity because you're not in a rebuild. Yeah. So I yep. I don't know. Hopefully someone does it. I want to see someone move up, take two of the And you know what else I want to see someone do? I want to see, and this is fucked up to say, I guess, but some of these teams that have quarterbacks that are, you know, injured for six weeks or whatever it is and can come back and their team's already fucked. Yeah. Why not just sit the quarterback for the year? I know you really can't do that in the NFL, but this might be your one shot to go up like San Fran. I know he was hurt for the year, but now look at him. Yep. They're in the spot to go get, uh, uh, you know, a player for the next 20 years yep. with a, a solid roster. Yeah, exactly. Yep, so your teams just need to be more creative with these picks. I mean, I hopefully that people will uh, start realizing after all these studies and like breakdowns that have gone on this, especially this draft, about what happens in the first round and that near the top of the draft, like people need to uh, to realize maybe sometimes these moving or these picks at the top just aren't aren't they're just it's a swing and a miss most of the time. Someone was talking about that with Aussie News someday with the with the Ravens. He's basically like we just took. We just got as many picks as we could. He's like, all I cared about was getting comp picks so I could take as many swings as I could. And we'd hit on you know, a few people, but the more chances you have, the better chance you have at hitting. Sorry. <laughs> and to the opposite of what you were kind of saying, I would be interested in a team like the Bengals moving back several, two or three times to get out of the first round. To literally accumulate so many picks between two and seven that you have multiple chances at line, multiple yeah. chances maybe at receiver to yep. hit. Yeah, I think that's the strategy, right? You pick one or the other. Like, you're going to move up and be like, I'm going to take a couple proven commodities or just drop down and take as many people as you can 
because something's going to work at that point. So, yeah, and, I like and that. The, and, you know, the problem is when you're picking 15 or let's say even 20 to 30 or 15, 17 to 30, are they really – do they really have that much of a higher rating than anyone you could get in the second or maybe third? Yeah. At that point, you're just picking guys that you like. You're like, well, I like this guy the most, I guess. <laughs> and sometimes that sucks. And I have to pick here, so I'll take him. Yeah, like the Raiders did last year. <laughs> it's like, well, uh, so, no, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's it's probably just worth trading out, and most of the good teams are doing that. Uh, Belichick does it forever. You know, Pete's, Pete and John Schneider have been doing it. The Rams do it. Uh, it just It's probably kind of just a proven thing at this point. Which is eventually going to mean that these picks are underrated, and, and now, yeah, it's going to all flip around. Um, anything else on the draft? And we're going to do a mock draft mega pod next week when I'm back Dog from draft. Nashville. And the, oh, and we're doing a what is this? Ten picks total. Yeah, the top ten dogs in the draft. And I'm going to try to get some dog sound for that as well. Um, and so. maybe we each bring three players or four players. And if we have any overlap, we have 12 players, and maybe we can do it like that. We each bring our four top dogs in the draft. Yeah, I like that a lot. That would be perfect. So we got the dogs. We got the mega mock draft. Uh, and that, that I mean, the mock draft is going to take a little bit. But yeah, I will I at least. The mock draft is going to take up most of the pod. We're going to dive into these guys uh, significantly. And we're going to grade them. Like now, we're going to give them grades, and we will answer to those grades after the season. Our Sound feet fair. will be held to the fire, unlike yeah. the previous years. Oh uh, wait, we did. Hold on, wait, we did. We, oh. we oh, just did this last week. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> I was gonna say, unlike all these guys, like at Fox Sports and ESPN, who just like bury it behind a paywall, <laughs> you know, like oh or yeah, just say, oh yeah, he went to the wrong system. Wait, what was it? Oh, we forgot. We didn't get to do the uh, the listen through about the. The last, you know, the previous years, you know, because uh, remember Jim listened to Bucky Brooks talking about Deshaun. Yeah. That, I mean, the that Deshaun thing that everyone needs to go back and uh, harass those guys about that. They shouldn't be able to get away with that. Sorry. For sure. Okay, perfect. That'll do it. We'll be back next week and uh, get the mock draft going. Hopefully nothing crazy happens and Alden Smith is cleared on all charges. Innocent.